This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. But we are going to start off in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, I believe. I've learned more about my life and life in general while studying this book than I ever thought that I would learn. In fact, I'm uh, writing a book, but not to publish it. I'm writing a book, and uh, the main reason I'm writing it is so that three generations from now, people that's down the line for me and my family, they'll never know a thing about me. But I can guarantee you that they'll know what I believed. They'll know who I believed in and what I... That's, and that's all that's important. But everything else is what Solomon calls vanity. And so uh, I'm pretty much into it now. I've got very many chapters written, but it's going to be really good for me anyway. So we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 to start this morning. And I'm going to touch on where I finished the last time I taught before we dive into the lesson. The lesson today is when your dust settles. Not when the dust settles, when your dust settles. And that's what I've titled this lesson today. Okay, the last time I taught, we're going to back up just a little bit in, chapter, in verse 1 of chapter 10. It's, it's important when you, when you read the Bible and you study in context of what this man was talking about when he wrote the Proverbs down. And uh, he starts this chapter as dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. Okay, the apothecary was back then was the pharmacist. And the pharmacist back then, he made all the clones and all the perfumes and all the, the, the sweet-smelling aromas and all the, the things that go into candles and make them smell good. So he didn't just disperse medicine. The apothecary made everything that was sweet. And so what he was saying, what this verse is talking about right here is, you can smell nice and put on all kinds of cologne and, 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 and come right on into church and not even know it and step in a pile of dog poop. And you come on in and, you know, nobody's going to smell the cologne. They go, boy, you got something on your shoe there. You know, so, so just a, and you, the, the dead flies, is, the context of what he's saying is you can step in something or be wallowing in something that, 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 that just, just, that ain't right. And it don't matter, you know, you can dress it up, you can, and all you want, but it's just, uh, let's read the rest of it. So it is a little folly of him that is in reputation of wisdom and honor. He's comparing it to, you know, you've got a testimony that you're, you're in, and all of a sudden, just a little bit, and what is folly is operating outside of the Holy Spirit, through pride, through jealousy, through envy, through through problems in your life, and all of a sudden, we're supposed to be helping others overcome these challenges, and here we have a reputation of being someone who is in honor and wise. All of a sudden, we say something, we do something, and we conduct ourselves with just a little bit of folly. You know, people say, wait a minute, that ain't like you. So this is what Solomon is saying here, dead flies cause the the ointment of the apothecary, you, you can't cover up stink. You just can't do it. And uh, so be careful where we go, what we say, and what we do. 
And so that's kind of where I finished off last, last time. So we're going to jump, because there's a whole lot. If you read it in context, that's exactly what he's talking about here. In chapter 11 is where we ended up, actually finished last time. And it was talking about, let's start with verse 1, and then I'll read this kind of fast, and then stop when I get into where we're going with the lesson. It says, cast that bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it in many days. Now, a lot of people can take that as just money, just giving, giving. But that's, if, if you read the whole context of it, he's talking about your entire Christian life, your prayer life, your Bible reading, you're calling somebody, you're sending a card, you're witnessing it, not just, just giving and giving, although that's what the first verse is talking about. Give to you, 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 give to, give to as many people as you can, because sooner or later you're going to have a need. You might not be able to, but you've given to so many people, somebody's going to help you. You, you have a reputation where, hey, I'm busy, I'm out of town, I'm on vacation, I'm doing here. But, okay, the church together, collectively, if hears about a need, okay, you might not be able to. I said, hey, I'm off that day, I can go do that, or I can send them a card, I can give them a card, I can get on my knees and pray. You know, so you, you, you have a reputation where there's no folly, where... You know your heart. God knows. See, God sees the inside. And he knows your heart. And he knows what we need. And you may be praying for rain, brother. And I'm praying, Lord, don't let it rain. God is not going to sit back here and flip a coin and say, who do I answer? I mean, you might be on your knees fasting and praying for rain. I'm on my knees fasting and praying it don't rain. You know, where does God work? That's where our faith comes in. We have to just, just trust him that whatever comes, he, he, he has sent it. Okay, let's jump to, here to uh, verse 4. And this is where we'll pick up with the lesson here. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. He that, <clears throat> he that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Now, we're going to look, double back on the context of this whole thing. This is where study really comes in for me. Where, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? Listen, if you get up in the morning and you say, look, I'm not going to read my Bible today. I, don't, I just feel so bad. You're regarding, what you're doing is you're regarding, you're observing the wind. Well, I'll read my Bible tomorrow. I got so much going on here today. We're observing the rain and the clouds. We're observing everything, but... Hey, it doesn't matter. You get up in the morning, thank God he lets you get up and you read your Bible. God puts something on your heart, you pray. If you observe the conditions surrounding you in your life, you're not going to sow and another day will go by, another week will go by, another month will go by, and we'll find our spiritual life heading straight to the gutter. And, and, and the whole context of this right here is just fascinating to me because that's what it's talking about, sowing and reaping. It's casting your bread, not when you just feel good, not, not just when the sun's shining, not just when, it's, when, it, when, when, it's, when all the conditions are right, then I'll do it. Let me tell you something, they'll never be right. There's not a day goes by where Satan does, okay, I know how to get him. Let's throw this in his life. He won't pray if this comes his way. He won't ask God to say, Lord, help me with this decision before I say that, before I do that, before I do. You know, Satan knows how to control our spiritual life if we let him. 
by forcing us to observe the wind and observe the, the conditions. In verse 5, as, as thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit. See, when we accept Christ, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is, it can't always move in our life if there's confusion or if there's, there's something there blocking it. And we don't know uh, if we get up in the morning and we're going to pray, like I was just saying a few minutes ago, he might, you might be praying one way, which way the Spirit's going to move. We don't know. It's like, he, he, like we covered in earlier chapters, it's like the wind. The Holy Spirit comes and goes and comes and goes, and we don't go. He returns back to circus. The wind does. That's how the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit can move in your life, and you not. If you're not ready, if you're not prayed up, if you don't, if you're not, if you haven't sown, if you haven't prayed, if you haven't read your scriptures, He'll come by, and you won't even know it. He'll He'll slip. Some people. This church is full a lot of times on Sundays. And the Holy Spirit is coming here and he's saving and he's, and he's moving. And you got people over here just, man, I've got to get this done. I've got to get that done. And they miss it. They miss an opportunity to just feel his presence. That, that, that's an amazing thing to not need anything, but to, but to just sit back and just feel the presence of God move. To me, I love to see revival. I love to see, I love to see people walk. I like to see tears and just to say, hey, he's still working. He's still moving. And if we've got confusion and we've got things on our heart inside and things in our mind, we'll miss it. And we'll miss an opportunity. He could come by and bring something by. Hey, don't you have a need? Oh, I do. Lord, I just need you. And, and, he, and the Holy Spirit works with us when we're ready to receive him. And, that, and it, just, it just makes a lot of sense when you, if you understand. He, he's saying, look, we don't understand it. Look, I don't understand how I can eat food and my fingernails can grow. My hair can grow. And, and I can get healthy. I don't understand that, how you can eat and it just goes in. I don't, and that's how, how the Holy Spirit is. We don't understand what's, whether your prayer is going to be answered or not. We don't know. But let me tell you something. If you've prayed and you're ready, you'll know it. You'll know it when he passes by because you've, ex, you've experienced his presence and you've had it before. Verse 5, let's say, And thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with a child. We don't understand that. I, I mean, one in 10 million chances at conception that you were the, that you were the one that hit the egg. Out of 10 million, think how special we are, folks. Out of, out of that intimate between your mother and your father, the one in 10 million chances that you're here. That's, that's on the realm of impossibility if you think about it. That could have been him. That could have been, it could have been any, any but you. And so God has a, has, we don't understand that. I don't anyway. Let's see. Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. We don't know it from the beginning. We don't know it from the end. We don't know wh where it's coming from or where it's going. But if we're ready, 
We can just praise God when it happens. Okay. In the morning, verse 6, sow your seed. Whether you feel good or whether you don't, sowing a seed is not getting up in the morning and giving everything you got away. Sowing, sowing your seed is getting on your knees to say, oh God, thank you for letting me wake up another day. You know, I could have gone to bed last night and that would have been it. Gone. Forever. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I know somebody that's got a need and you call their name out and you, and you begin to, to, to pray. That's sowing your seed in the mornings. It's, it, we don't know what God's going We don't know if, hey, if you don't pray, he's not going to answer it. I mean, so what I'm saying is if you get up in the morning and you don't pray, how can you expect to, well, God, why did you allow that to happen? Well, did you pray? Why did this happen? Well, did you pray? Well, well, Lord, I, I, I don't know. Well, how, about, how about that verse that's called to your mind that you read this? You read your Bible and God speaks to your heart and say, wow, I'm going to hold on to that verse today. If you don't read and you go through the day and say, and how can the Holy Spirit work in your life and bring to you remembrance? I mean, we've all remembered scripture, but a daily devotion, that's what it's for. So God can speak to your heart and you can carry through the day. Okay. I know I'm talking fast because I'm trying to catch up to where I really want to go this morning. Verse 6 again. In the morning sow you seed, in the evening withhold not not hand. That means, hey, in the evening, before you go to bed, when it's time to go to bed, don't stop. Say, say Lord, make me, help me make it through another night so I can get up in the morning and try it again. Don't go to bed all knotted up thinking about what somebody did to you today or what somebody's going to do to you tomorrow. How you going to, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like, don't go to bed that way, folks. Go to bed just thinking, God, Lord, you made it. You helped me make it through another day. Another day. Lord, give me a verse that I can sleep on. Not news. Not, don't, not, this and that, not politics. Lord, give me something that I can go to bed on tonight and just meditate in my heart while I'm dreaming, while I'm sleeping. Speak to him instead of, ah, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he did that. And you go to bed and you, you toss and you turn and you all knotted up. And, and nobody, no, nobody can have a good night's sleep with misery on their heart. It's just impossible. Um, not unless it's a habit and that's, what, that's who you are. If you habitually go to bed all knotted up every day that's your life that's that's hey it it becomes a natural just like not praying just like not reading your bible just like eh, i don't feel like going to church today you know it becomes such a habit it feels natural and that's what's wrong with a lot of christians today they get complacent with sin you ever hear any news did you ever hear any, when is the last time you heard somebody in the news if you watch news say that word Man, that, that school right there was just full of sin today. You know, I, you don't hear people talk about sin until you talk about all oh, the love of God. And all, you know, I mean, that's good. But when is the last time you've heard of somebody just call out sin on TV? Now, you got a few of them that, that, that are athletes or that are people that are, are well-known that they make a statement and, oh, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he did that. Well, why? He's talking about you. <laughs> that's why they don't like it because he's talk, calling them out but they're calling their names and uh, okay let's read this again 
in the morning sow thy seed, verse 6 of chapter 11, and withhold out thy hand, for thou knowest not whether she'll prosper, either this or whether they both shall be good alike. So it don't matter, no, you don't know if your prayer in the morning is going to be the one answered, your prayer at night, or even at all. But you do know that if you don't pray, it won't get answered. You do know that, right? We all know that. So sow your seed in the morning, sow it in the evening, sow it throughout the day. And, uh, and we don't know what God's going to do. We just don't. We just have to let it go and trust Him. Verse 7. Truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. Now as I get further down in this, you'll see what he's talking about with the context of this one is, let me tell you something. If you can get up in the morning and see the sunlight and see the sunshine and see another day, that's an anointment. That is a blessing from the Holy Spirit himself on your life because it's going to come a time where we can't get up out of bed, where we can't get up and go look out the window, where we can't get up and say, oh, look at that beautiful sun. Hey, I'm at the point now, I don't care if I I don't like the rain because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the mud, but thank God I can see it because there's coming a day where I'm not going to be able to see the rain. And and all this not liking it and not worrying about it and, and all this is going to be gone. Okay. So, but if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, look at, look at this verse. This is, I'm taking the verse by verse. That's where we are in Ecclesiastes. Let, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. Now he's not talking about, well, let me finish that. All that cometh is vanity. He's not talking about, remember all these bad times that you've had and had to suffer through. You just dwell on that and you just think about that because there's going to be a whole lot of them. So just go back in your mind and think about all the bad things. He closes it with all is vanity. And vanity is you get, you're born, you work, you toil, you suffer a little bit, you have a little bit of joy, and you have all these goals and your dreams and you build and you build and you build and you have your home and you have your family, and you die and leave it all. And it was all, I mean, it's gone forever. That's vanity. Somebody else will take over. You can't go back to that, and they can't come to you. Gone. So what he's talking about here is all your days of darkness, just remember it's not going to last forever. Just a breath away from being gone. It's all your dark days are vanity. It's only here. It's temporary. This is our temporary home. We're only here, folks. We're just traveling through. It's going to all be gone. Every bit of it is going to be gone. So you don't, don't forget that you've had good days and you've had bad days, but don't forget this one thing. It's all vanity. It's a breath, breath of air away from being chiseled in stone in a graveyard somewhere. Gone. So I said, just remember, hey, you might be going through a tough time right now, but look what I brought you through over here. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Remember back then I brought you, hey, you, and when you remember the dark days because there have been many, you meditate and say, oh, God, you brought me through a whole lot worse than that. I've, I don't like it. I don't like going through trouble, but I've, I've, I've had more bigger challenges than that. I remember. So you remember the dark days, though, but just also remember, it's, it's just a breath away, gone. Okay, rejoice, O young man, verse 9, in thy youth, 
and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know that thou for all these things God will bring you into judgment, thee into judgment. What's he talking about? Remember your youth. I was speaking to the teens this past Wednesday night and uh, over there. And I gave them a little challenge. Hey, you enjoy your life now. You don't, you, your big picture is nowhere near being touched. But if you enjoy it now, it's all vanity because you're going to be old in 20 years. And all of this means nothing. All of these good times mean nothing. Everything, it means absolutely nothing because your youth is going to flee from you. Your youth is going to run from you like a fox being chased by a lion. It's, or, or a lion chasing a, a rabbit running from a fox. Your youth is going to fly by and your youth will then be vanity. Gone. You can't go back. I'd love to go back and change some things. I would love to go back and do this different. I would love to, to just go back. But we can't. The youth is gone. And that's vanity, folks. That's, that's all part of the context here. Remember, remember, old young man, verse 9, thy youth. Just remember. Look at it while you enjoy it while you're here. Go for it, man. Just nothing immoral but eat and drink and be happy and make the best of it. Change somebody's life with your life. But let me tell you something. Your youth will be gone and you're going to be walking around with a cane. Just like that. It's going to be gone. So enjoy it while you're here. If we got health now, just enjoy it. In 20 years, now let's see, let's, oh, the average age in here, in 30 years, not anybody in this room right now is going to be alive. You notice that? None of us. I don't think so. I mean, I'm 65, 75, 85, 9. If not, it's going to be knocking on the door. It's all vanity, folks. Life in itself, our journey here, it's, it's, it's all good to just get along, enjoy, make the best of it, because it's going to be gone. I mentioned this again, and I'll mention it again. My father died, it'll be a year next week. He spent his life making memories. The last year of his life, he was looking at pictures and crying and weeping in his house, looking, looking at all these pictures and building all these memories. When they buried him, his name, he's nothing. All of his memories went with him. I've made memories with my father, and I've got them, but all of his memories, everything that he made, everything that he did, everything he enjoyed, everything is buried, in, and it's, his, it's nothing but a name written on a chiseled in stone in a tombstone. If you go to the cemetery, this is my point with that, and you walk through the cemetery, and you see all these tombstones from one end to the other, it's nothing but a name on it. Nobody will ever know a thing about it, nothing but a name. You walk over them, you go look for your loved one, and you sit there and you put some flowers on it, and, and, and you remember the good times you had, but their memories are gone. Their story is gone. Their life is gone. It's nothing, all of us folks are nothing but a name chiseled in stone one day. And nobody will remember anything about us at all. The big thing is redemption. Apart from God now, I'm just talking about nobody will remember anything, but the biggest thing is redemption. Know who you believe in. Know where you're going. And, and that's all that really matters, folks, because God will bring everything into judgment. Every single thing into judgment. So don't be judged for stuff. Be judged for, oh, Lord, I'm nothing. Thank you. Be judged for the right things. Okay. 
of what, I'm, what I was getting there is that the youth will flee just like death, just, just like our life is vanity, our youth is vanity. Because once it's gone, it's gone, it's spent. Can't go back. Gone, gone, gone. I would, I would, I would love to be playing in the side yard again. We used to, uh, I got a scar to this day, two of them right on my knee. We used to play Popeye, me and my brother. He picked me up one day and threw me down and I bust, cut my knee wide open on gas. Still got my scars today and I wear them. I'd give anything to go play Popeye again, man, with you. Gone. Can't go back. That's not part of the lesson this morning, but I'm just, you, everybody's got memories in their life that, oh, that was so much fun. That was so much, but it's gone, folks. Now what's important is tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow actually never comes. It's always today. And that's why God, through Scripture, says today's the day. You're not promised tomorrow. It's always today. Tomorrow really never comes because if you think about it, after midnight, it's, it's today. <laughs> Did I say that right? It's always today. That's all we have. <laughs> Tomorrow never comes. I don't, I don't know if I said that right, but I know what I mean in my heart. Therefore, verse 10, remove sorrow from your heart. Don't dwell on things that don't matter. In 30 years, it's, listen, it's gonna, we're going to be chiseled and something. We're going to be gone. Don't just remove sorrow from your heart. That's hard to do when things that are, that are sorrowful around us. As we increase wisdom and knowledge, we see our families fall and we say, don't do that. It's sorrow. I'm more sorrowful for, people, for members of my family that I see them falling than I am for my own life. Because if you do that, it's a short bridge that you're going to fall off of. And... uh you know, I'm, I'm one to believe that God can do anything, but I don't believe He will. I believe, here's what I mean by that. If there's a fire burning in your, in, behind your house and all this stuff, you can pray to God and say, Lord, and God could help bring the right people there to put it out. But if you go out there and you say, hey, self-manufactured, He's already talked about it. Don't self-manufacture trouble. I'm going to light this fire and test my faith. And you set the field on fire, there's not enough faith in the world, there's not a prayer in the world that God is going to say, and put that fire out. That's not going to happen. He can, so don't, don't confuse me with that. He can put it up, but I don't believe he will because he's not going to be mocked. So if we manufacture trouble in our lives that we know is against this book, and then we over here, we said, Lord, I want you to help me. Hey, that's, that's a hard... I'll lead up into that another time. Uh, the closing part in Zechariah, I believe it says, that the people thought evil against their brother in their heart. So therefore, because he thought evil about them, they made their heart as an adamant stone, a real hard stone. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the Scripture. And so he said, because you got this evil in your heart against your brother... I'm not going to answer a single prayer you got. You get that right first. And the people wouldn't listen. So God said, okay. Now, when you call on me, I'm not going to answer because you didn't get that right. We're not in Zechariah. But anyway, we're talking about being ready. Okay, chapter 12. Now, here's where we're really coming to. Man, this is really good here. 
<laughs> Real good. Remember now, thy creator, in the days of your youth, while the evil days come not, nor the day, years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And see, you can have pleasure in your life, but it's not much pleasure when you're laying in a hospital bed somewhere with three, three weeks to live. Or you're at home, and like my dad, when he was 95 years old, he could hardly get up the chair, out the chair. He could still draw, walk around and all, but he found no pleasure, real pleasure, in the latter form of his life. All he could do was get up, go to food line, come home, sit in the chair and watch TV. Get up, go to food line, come home, sit in the chair and watch TV. To him, it was pleasure, but you look at that and you say, There's, that's no pleasure in that. I mean, if that, if that is all life is, is to get up and go to food line, come home, sit down and watch TV in a recliner, to somebody 95 years old, that is good. But they can look back and see, man, I sure wish I could go back and do this. I sure wish I could go and do this and do that. So it said, now while you can, remember your creator. Don't wait till you're 90 years old to say, oh, Lord, how many years did I waste not praying? How many days did I get up and not pray? How many days did I not get up and, and, and go visit somebody or give somebody a call? How many days of my life have I spent wasted? And now I can't go back and do it. I'm too old. And we're getting to that right here. This is, we're getting into the dust part now. This might take me a little while to develop. That's why I'm going to have to finish it next time. While the sun, verse 2, while the sun or the light or the moon and the stars be not darkened, the eyes aren't dim. Listen, enjoy now life. While you can, you can see the sun. You can see the moon. You can see the stars. Look, enjoy it now because there is coming a day because right now they're not darkened. That's what it says. Remember your creator now because when you can see the sun, when you can see the light, when you can see the moon, and they're not darkened yet, there's going to come a day where, you're, where we're not going to be able to enjoy those things. It's just not. It's just life. And, and we can enjoy what life we have at that point, but it's not like when we were 20 years old. I mean, when we were 20 years old, boy, I was, a, I was, a, I was something. Thank God, I don't want to remember some of those days, but it's something. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. You remember when you were 20, 18, 20? Just hit that, just hit that 18 years. And I don't want to remember too much of that. All right, some of it I do. <laughs> okay, verse 3. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, let me tell you something. I saw my dad at 95 years old, right before he died. He could barely walk, trembling. Remember, now the Creator, now the Creator. Before, the, before you're just trembling and walking through the house and can't do it. Remember now to pray for somebody. Remember now, because when, when you're 90-some years old, other than praying for somebody, what else are we going to do? You can't run and chase your wife around the barn anymore. Can't run up and down the beach chasing her. I mean, those days are gone when you're 95, unless you're Zacharias meeting the angel in the temple. 
All right. And the dame and the keeper of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow that bow themselves. The grinders shall cease. Your work days are over. You have to retire sometime. You have to. Because they are few, and those that look out the windows be darkened. You know, you, you, you squint to see. You can't Hey, man. Oh, Lord. Uh, I thank you for being alive, Lord. But now, then you start thinking, home time. It's just about home time. Can you see the lights shining? This, hey, when you get up in there and God has blessed you with a long life, just, just look at the, the lights that you see are the lights of home. The closer you get. Okay. And the doors shall be shut in the streets. When the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the birds, and the daughters of the music shall be brought low. You start to lose your hearing. He's talking about your old age now, winding life down. What have we done with it? What have we done with our life? This is what, if you, if you, if you do intense study of this, he's talking about life gradually. Remember now when you're young, because here we are, we're winding things down. We're getting ready to head to the dust field. Verse and also when they shall be afraid of that which is high. Most old people are afraid of heights. Some people when they're young are afraid of heights. But your fears become more prominent because you realize, hey, I might not wake up tomorrow. Today might be it. And fear shall be in the way. And the almond grass shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be a burden. And thy desire shall fail. You know, the older I get, the less I want to do. Me and Brother Larry were talking earlier. Something I just don't feel like doing nothing anymore. Yeah, that's part of it. your desire. It doesn't your desires, your goals, your visions. Your goals now become just scribbled lines on a piece of paper that just that you just read. Oh man, I I could have, I should have, I wanted to. But now all of your dreams and goals, when you get up in your older life, are nothing but a bunch of scribbled lines on a piece of paper somewhere in a book. So you never see them, and it, we just, that's just life. All of us have them. And your desire fails because man goeth to his long time home. You know what? You closer you get you, you get older and you look back and you're I'm not I don't, I'm too old to do this anymore. I, I don't even feel like it. I don't feel like going. I don't feel like going. You know what? I'm heading home. It's home time, folks. When you get up towards 80 years old, 70, 80 years, hey, it's just about home time for all every one of us. And uh because man goeth to his long time home and the mourners go out into the street. They'll mourn. So you have more people cry at your funeral and, and, and send flowers to you when you're dead and never call you while you're alive. You know, you don't, nobody calls. Very seldom is anybody ever. In fact, I can't remember the last time somebody actually called me and said, hey, how you doing today? I just thought I'd call and just check on you. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. Anything you, I can help you with? No. 99% and I can show you my phone and listen to the message. When people call me, they want something. They're needing something. They need me to do something. Nobody's calling just to see if I need something. And that's, you're, we're all the same way. Okay. Or the silver cord be loose. Verse 6. The silver cord in our lines, our hair, our bodies, the silver lining, the gold at the end of the rainbow, we've reached it. Or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher of the fountain and the wheel is broken at the cistern. That's talking about you breathe your last. It's over. Gone. Then shall the dust 
return to the earth as it was. And the Spirit shall return back unto God who gave it. Now, this is where I'm going to have to change gears and get into this a little bit. And this is where that's going to go into another, another lesson. Okay, when you, let's go to Genesis real quick. And I'm going to finish this right here with this right here. I'm going to have to finish it. But this is really cool. It's hard, but it's cool. Cool and cruel. Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. See, if you study the scripture, I don't have time to finish developing all of it, but God told Adam, you don't eat of the tree. He didn't tell Eve that. He told Adam, you don't eat of the tree. The day you do, you're going to die. It's going to bring a physical death to you. Now, then he said, I don't, I don't think it's good for you to be alone. All these other people, animals, God, I'm going to make you a woman. He made him a woman to be a help meet to him. He didn't make the woman, the man to be the help meet to the woman. So when Eve fell, God didn't say, come looking for Eve. He said, Adam, where are you at? What is this that you've done? Well, the woman did it. No, God commanded Adam to not eat of the tree. He didn't say that to Eve. Okay, let's go to verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. And he said unto Adam, now he gave burden to Eve for, 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 for her to part in it. But this we're talking about, we're talking about dust to dust right now, and I'm gonna finish with this. He said unto Adam, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of your wife. You didn't listen to me. You took your mind off of me. And has eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of your life. If you're going to eat, you're going to work. You're going to work all the days. That is your burden. Now Eve's burden, now this is the burden. Let's back up to verse 16. This is Eve's burden. This is, this, this is, not, this is not talking about putting a thumb on somebody and, and ruling with a rod of iron and beating and all that stuff. This is, just, this is just a penalty. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and conception, and in thy sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy husband, and it shall, your, your desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, what that means is this that God put in man the responsibility. You, you can take a man, and he'll, poke, he'll break down on the side of the road. He shuts the door. He goes, He's going to go fix it. The woman's going to close up the door. And, oh, 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 nobody mugs me. It's a difference. The man is the protector. The man is the, 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 the man, God holds the man accountable for what happens in the home, not the woman. And so your desire is to help him. I've created you to help your husband, help him through the challenges, help him, you know, help him make good decisions. But if it goes bad, it's his fault. If it goes good, it's his. Adam, what is this that you've done? I commanded you. I, this is your burden. Okay, here we go, and I've got to finish with this. Thorns and thistles shall bring, shall bring thee, this is verse 18, it bring forth thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was take, thou were taken, for dust thou art, 
and into dust thou shalt return. Every one of us. Every one of us are going to go right down to the ground as a bottle of dust. If we're cremated, a little urn. If we're in a casket, dust. The spirit returns to God. We don't know if it goes up. Or, so what do we do with the little bit of time we've had? i got to stop, man. I hate stopping when I've got something I want to develop. But it's, if I get into it, I'm not going to be able to finish this part. But that's why it's so hard to garden, so hard to plant. Thorns, briars. You ever wonder why, where did the briars come from? Where all these weeds come from? Where all this stuff come from? And if you do, if you put it into your life, it's life in general. You may work an office job, but you got a knucklehead that you're working beside. Lord, why did you put me beside him? You got some all this stuff, thorns and thistles, and you, you, it's a hard thing to have to work through life just to eat. Okay. Job 34, 5, 15, and I'll finish with this. I have to. I got one minute, but I'm going to get this one in. One more verse. And I've that man, I don't want to stop, but I got to. Job 34. I got about nine other ones I would like to develop. Verse 15 of chapter 34 of Job. All flesh shall perish together. That don't mean we all die at one time. That means we're all going to be in the graveyard together with this flesh. And man shall return again unto dust. Now, back to Ecclesiastes, verse 7 of chapter 12, and this is where I'm going to close. Then shall dust again return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. I'm going to close with that. Now, if you haven't given, now, the Spirit's going to come to God for judgment. What do we do with our life? Are we saved or are we lost? God will judge it, good or bad. He don't send nobody to hell. Our choices do. And I'm going to finish with that. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.